here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel Abraham. With me is Damon McDonald. How are you, Damon? I am well. Uh, it is early in the morning here. I'm in Baltimore, as many longtime listeners to uh, a previous show know. I spend some time down here, and uh, I'm going to make a lot of noise, and everyone's going to be angry at me because I'm going to wake them up because I'm so excited. I, I couldn't wait to uh, get this rocking. I wanted to do a. Um, we were trying to do that live show, but it was just like I didn't. Feel, I don't want you to just stop what you were doing and to do a show, and and for me it was a little tough to kind of make that happen here, but. I couldn't wait to talk about this show because what what a great show, Joel. And, and you had to be going out of your mind being there live. Yeah, I don't think I was in any position to be recording yesterday, to be honest, after the amount of strong zeros I consumed. So it's probably for the best that we left it for 24 hours to digest the events that happened and give me a chance to sober up. <laughs> many, many. So what, what was the over-under number? How many, how many did you pop down? Uh, I only had three. Someone on Twitter, I apologise, I can't remember who it was exactly, told me to go for the two uh, 9% tall boys, but I couldn't find the lychee-flavoured tall boys, so I got three of the small 9% lychee stuff, and they went down a treat. By the time I'd sunk those going into the arena, I was absolutely buzzing, because uh, it was a really hot day, so I'd hold myself up in Starbucks next to a Sacco Hall, and I did buy a proper coffee in there and that was sort of the the air conditioning tax so I could sit in there for the rest of the afternoon and then when the coffee was finished I was trying to you know slyly pour the strong zero into the coffee cup I probably needn't have bothered because uh, a guy Trent who I was selling one of my tickets to he just wandered in with a can of beer and nobody seemed to care so I was taking a lot of care and attention to try and uh, do my drinking uh, somewhat discreetly but um because you know in in Japan I I don't want to get frowned upon I don't want people giving me uh, nasty looks while I'm trying to uh, drink alcohol inside a Starbucks so um, yeah by the time I was going into the arena I was absolutely buzzing ready to go and it was just an incredible afternoon I I met Minoru Suzuki Um, really? I did yeah I bought a Suzuki Guntao and they told me to come back at 3 o'clock for signing and I thought, oh, I wonder who that's going to be. So I did go back at 3 o'clock, just as I was about to go in the arena. And there was uh, none other than the big man himself and Takamichinoku. And they were signing wow. uh, suzuki Goon merchandise. So I got him to sign my towel, shook his hand. And you're right, Damon, he does have very soft hands. Right? Did I not say right? That was the one thing that I always will take away from, from meeting him and shaking his hand. is incredibly soft. And again, he's not as, again, not big, tall, but... 
like like husky tall, but like like height wise, he seems like shorter than I would. Than I just I don't know. But yeah, he's uh, he's an awesome dude, isn't he? Real nice. Yeah. Yeah. I had a weird. I not to veer off because I know when people, you know, they want to punch us in the head when we start veering off. But um, this weekend. I, I went to a pro wrestling show myself, Joel, and uh, I saw uh, Ultimo Dragon, <laughs> of all people. I saw Ultimo Dragon um, against Joey Janela, and uh, that was Friday night for uh, Wrestle Pro in Rahway, New Jersey. So I went there. So I, And hi to everyone who uh, came up and said hi to me. So uh, very nice. But let's get back to you. I, I, have, I have many questions. Well, that's um, on the topic of people coming up and saying hi. You had told me to prepare myself for that, but... Even so, it was quite a strange experience for me because well, I take the chance just to say thank you to all the listeners, people who've been in touch with us on Twitter and the people who came to talk to me in person yesterday. Uh, I said from the beginning that I'm doing this podcast because I love pro wrestling, I love New Japan and I don't have that many people to share that passion with, especially where I live. So to have a whole community of people who share that love is really satisfying for me. It's definitely filled a gap in my life. So uh, two lovely people come up to me, Sean and Sarah, um, so hello Sean and Sarah if you're listening um, it was quite surreal having people come up and saying hey are you Joel from the Super J cast uh, isn't that yeah. awesome it is weird isn't it like you just you, it's you know you're thinking like oh my god I, I'm sitting in my room you know in, in, a, in a pair of, of you know trainers and people are listening <laughs> you know and, and when people walk up that's when it, it gets I told you I said you're not going to get rich doing this you're going to there's going to be a time where you're going to go to a wrestling show and somebody's going to come up to you and you're going to be like, yeah, that's me. That's It is it is great. How many, uh, you, get, you get a lot of people? You talk to a lot of people out there? Uh, yeah, a handful. Um, so there was also the guy who bought two of my spare tickets off me, kind of saved me at the last minute there because I thought I was going to be stuck with them. So uh, Lawrence, if you're listening, thank you for buying those tickets. Uh, quite ballsy of you to drag your girlfriend along to a five-plus-hour wrestling show wouldn't have made that mistake myself personally but I hope she enjoyed some of it and um, what happened was I as soon as this main event was announced so this was what right after the Dontaku main event I think when I heard it was going to be no time limit best 2 out of 3 falls Okada against Omega as I said several weeks ago I just went into a frenzy and just went on the website bought two tickets then I realised that I could have bought two tickets in a better area. So then I bought another two tickets, so I was stuck with four tickets. So I found someone to buy one of them in the cheaper area. Obviously, I wanted to sit in the better area. But then Lawrence and, and his girlfriend came along. They wanted to sit together, obviously. They didn't want to sit in separate places. So by this point, the, the three strong zeros had been kicking in. I was a, a bit fuzzy in the head. And I opened up the direct messages in Twitter and tried to message this guy, Trent, who I'd sent to the cheaper seats to swap with Lawrence so that he could sit with his girlfriend and Trent could come and sit next to me. But in my drunken haze, all these white people names kind of mixed together in my head. I ended up messaging friend of the show, Fraser instead of Trent, who I've been exchanging messages with. So I sent him a message in error saying, hey, would you swap with this guy? You can come and sit next to me. I'll cover the extra 3,000 yen difference. And then he messaged back saying, "Uh, thanks for the offer, but I've actually got 30,000 yen front row seats down at the bottom here. (laughs) I was just like, oh, right. And I realized what I'd done. So apologies to Fraser if you're listening there. Well, Fraser can... can, um... 
he can swing those seats if you know what I'm saying. He's uh, he's doing okay for himself. So uh, uh, Fraser, longtime uh, fan, and and every time I'm over in Tokyo, he lives in Tokyo. Um, every time I'm there, uh, he pays us a visit, and awesome dude, just a, just a great guy, and um. Yeah, that's pretty. I mean, sorry. So let's 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 get into it. What's the what was the arena experience? What was the um, in-game experience like uh, at Osaka Joho? It was uh, easier to get inside than it was at Tokyo Dome. Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom Twelve, we were queuing up for about you know a good half an hour before, and they opened the doors. Um, not so long before the the actual wrestling started, so we ended up just getting right. to our seats and missing a bit of the New Japan Rumble. But it was more well organised at Sakajo Hall. They opened it well in advance, so I got to my seats in good time. It's a lot more of an intimate venue than Tokyo Dome, obviously, uh, given that what the capacity was for there was what twelve thousand on the day, and Tokyo Dome is was it pushing sixty or something for for right. the old baseball games. So. I had a really nice view. Uh, I was up in the second floor, kind of behind the uh, the screen, the Titantron, I don't know, whatever you call it in New Japan, up to the left there. And where the, the company I got my tickets from, they put all the Western and Chinese fans together. So there are a load of Western oh. fans there. Uh, a couple of Chinese guys I heard speaking Chinese and had a little chat with them as well, which was pretty cool. And yeah, I was expecting to be a lot further away from the action than I actually was. Um, I posted a couple of photos and videos on the the twitter account so if you have a look at those you can see uh it was a pretty decent view um tickets were pretty cheap can't really complain around nine thousand yen so uh yeah just amazing just once in a lifetime experience being able to tick that off the bucket list because uh it's uh definitely a, a different experience to going to the tokyo dome yeah no doubt no doubt like i said i went to um Dantaku in, in Fukuoka and yeah it is a, a, a different feel than than like I said going to the dome it almost feels like it's a concert and um, you know this this feels a little bit more like you're going to a pro wrestling event uh, but even then you know it's still the intimacy of it and it it's 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 you feel the buzz so that's my I guess so what was what was the the feeling inside the arena in the sense of were there was was it heavily skewed uh, Omega? Was it heavily skewed Okada? Um, we'll start with the main event first, just for the feeling and the vibe of the building, and and maybe what was the buzz before that he actually rang the bell um, for Okada and and Kenny. Mostly Kenny support, a lot of Bullet Club T-shirts, really? a few Golden Lovers T-shirts, uh, even amongst the the Japanese fans, they were all seem to be firmly behind Kenny. Uh, people I spoke to beforehand, again, they were sort of split 50-50 just like we were because it was impossible to predict who was going to win. But you could notice this during the broadcast itself because I re-watched the main event on NJPW World. And in the arena, from time to time, you would get people calling out Okada's name, but it was usually kids or women. There was a, a lady near to a Japanese woman going, Okada! But as soon as someone did that, then you'd have about 10 times as many people just drown them out with Kenny chants. And that's Westerners and uh, Japanese people as well. And I think that really came across on the on the broadcast. Like you could hear, well, you know, one or two people calling out Okada and then huge swathes of people just drowning them out with a Kenny chance. And I think that definitely gave an accurate reflection of the, the crowd support. 
and even just when it came down to the little things like when they flashed up the uh, the graphics on the screen after the, the Jericho Naito match that it was time for the main event there was just a massive you know ripple of anticipation there people were really really excited like it was an excellent undercard but I think most people were there for the main event and that you could really feel that there was a real palpable sense of excitement in there did it did it, it i mean the feeling in the building did it feel like a major show that, that wasn't lost on, on on anyone there right they felt like they were at an, a, a true event right it felt more to me like being a, a football match like a you know a, a big premier league game or a, i've been to a few cup finals in my time uh, it felt more like that than it did a, a wrestling show I've been to a few wrestling shows, not not too many. I've been to the NXT TakeOver in London. Obviously, I was at Wrestle Kingdom. And before that, it's the feeling that you're going to see a show. But for Dominion, it was like almost like a UFC event. Like it was no. a competitive sporting contest rather than you know, a predetermined sports entertainment. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough. I went to see uh, Michael Bisping against Anderson Silva in London a couple of years ago. And it was yeah more of a sense like that, like you're about to see a prize fight and you weren't sure who was going to win and everyone uh, had a horse in the race. Like I don't think there were many people in that arena who were just, you know, didn't really care who won. I think everyone was emotionally invested in it and I think that came across with the atmosphere. As that, that was going to be my next question. So, I mean, everybody knows results. We're not spoiling anything for anybody. Everybody, I mean, it happened. We're going to talk about it. So if you don't, if you, I mean, let's put it this way. If you, if you don't know the results... You shouldn't be listening to this goddamn show because we're talking about results. <laughs> um, after the match and uh, after uh, the celebration of, of, with Kenny, is what was the feeling afterward? What was the talk leaving the arena? What was the buzz? And 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 was there a, was there a general sense of excitement or was it like a almost a, like a relief of oh finally this guy fucking fucking won this title. Yeah, I'd say a mixture of uh, jubilation and relief because I think a lot of people were nervous that Okada was going to win. Um, what I would liken it to is uh, a few years... Well, Arsenal in recent years have gone on a, a run. We've won three FA Cups within four years. And you go and watch an FA Cup, whether you're at the match or you're watching it in the pub, if your team wins the Cup, then you could enjoy walking around the streets afterwards wearing your team's colours and then you bump into other people wearing the same colours and then you you know, you know have a little moment you're like, hey, we did it, or, or whatever. And I had sure. a moment like that yesterday evening because I went out afterwards and then I bumped into a, a guy, another guy wearing a Bullet Club t-shirt and we two-sweeted each other in the middle of the streets, in the middle of Osaka and I just thought that kind of summed it up really, the way there was this real sense of kind of camaraderie that, yeah, it was like we were watching a, a, a sports match and we were all there cheering for the same team rather than watching a, a sports entertainment show. That's pretty tremendous. And, and, and the crowd from from the television perspective anyway seemed like it was lively, you know, it was not a dead crowd. And now Osaka usually is is you know I wouldn't say a rowdy you know group, but they they are a vocal group and a passionate group and and tremendous pro wrestling fans. So yeah, I I, I am a little jealous, man. That 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 atmosphere and that um, again, uh, what a, what a historic night for, for pro wrestling. Um, I told you before we even you know hit the hit record that I really felt like that this show after it's all said and done and all the results it is going to go down as you know one of the one of the defining moments in in the span of of pro wrestling 
and especially Japanese pro, uh, pro, pro wrestling. Um, you know, I, I, I'm guaranteeing you, you could put this right up there with, I mean, and you don't know from a business standpoint, you don't know from a, um, you know, a perspective of, you know, what it's going to do five, six years from now and the impact that this will have. But I, I have to believe that, that this is one of those crowning moments in this sport that you'll look back on and say, one, you were there and two, we were alive for it. You know, this is a, this is a, I'm going to be honest. I'm comparing it to you know Hogan dropping a leg on the Iron Sheik in Madison Square Garden. It's it's that kind of tide turning moment for New Japan Pro Wrestling. I mean, we sit here right now on on a, on a you for a Sunday evening, me on a Sunday morning, and the realization of look at look at everyone who's holding the major heavyweight titles in this promotion, and and and. I mean, I I'm racking my brain trying to think of at any time where all these titles held by North Americans. Uh, it's it's an amazing moment, and and for Kenny Omega to be one of the chosen few. I've sat here many times and then have said, you know, only a few people can hold that title. Not everyone can hold that title. That is a special special title. Um, it is not a hot potato belt. It is. You you are you know people talk about how you know you know WWE and that that title is means you've made something of yourself in this industry. Okay, fair enough. But to me, holding that IWGP Heavyweight Title that really is a a milestone in a person's career. Well, if not everyone can hold it. Funnily enough, I didn't Hulk Hogan. Uh, I think it was in '93 when he wrapped up with uh, WWF back at the time and went over. He did a bit of stuff with uh, New Japan and mm-hmm. Great Muta, and he is on record in an interview saying that the WWF title was like a a trinket, like a something you hang on the Christmas tree, and the serious uh, wrestling heavyweight title was the IWGP title. So, if someone like Hogan has said that, I mean, obviously everything Hogan says, you take that with a pinch of salt because he's uh, a businessman, he's a worker first and foremost. But there's definitely a, a hint of truth behind that. I mean, you, you've been watching I think New so. Japan longer than I have. Uh, can you ever remember a time where there was this much buzz and excitement about the product or, or about a match in particular? Oh God! Like in the states? No, no. Um, it just you know, New Japan was very like. First of all, being a pro wrestling fan is is hard enough, right? So being a just in general, you know, oh, I watch WWF or I watch WWE or I watch you know Crockett or whatever it is in the eighties, and then when Vince started scooping up all these promotions and 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 taking it over, and it got super hot in the nineties. You know, every, everybody had a you know you walk down the street and you saw Steve Austin t shirts or you saw you know NWO t shirts, um, like just in general everyday life. And and that was probably the the one time in my life that it was everywhere, but but New Japan. I mean, no, nobody knew anything about New Japan. Um, so there was always that you know small little pocket of fans that that even got tapes. Um, and but even with that, no, I I can't remember a time when when like the collective and the internet helps, right? The internet helps this. But I, I can't remember a time where the collective body of, of, of wrestling fans, not even just New Japan fans, wrestling fans, were hyped for this fucking match. Uh, it, it, it's, and, and the results are, 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 are historic to me. It, it's really one of those 
historic moments in pro wrestling. From a personal standpoint, have you personally ever been as excited for a New Japan match or a wrestling match in general in your life? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I. But see, th- this is a little bit biased in the sense that I was, I was going, so I was, you know, I was pumped up for Kenny and 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 and, and uh, Okada at the Dome, uh, their their first one. Um, I, that, I was I was definitely hyped for that. Um, and again, but I I feel like I'm cheating because I was going to that. Um, but you know, growing up as a kid, you're excited. Um, I'm really trying to think. Like, wh- have I ever been just like out of my mind, raring to go? I mean, dome shows. You know, Okada and Tanahashi, absolutely. Um, but no, I mean, this is this this is probably up there, at least in the top three as an adult. You know, as as a as a tax paying adult, um, this is up there. This is this is up there. It's 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 an exciting time to be a fan. That's that's really what it is. Um, and and it's amazing how many people are are into it. And it's and they're into it because of you know this guy Bucks. And you got to tip your hat to a guy like Cody too. They these these guys have really helped make this product um, accessible. Is, is that the word I'm looking for? Um, to to North America, and you can see by the results that. They're they're going all in. <laughs> they're, they're they're going all in for uh, this North American expansion. It feels like. Okay, so on the whole, just as uh, the whole show, top to bottom, did it live up to your expectations? Yeah, I thought I think so. I I thought the show was tremendous. Um, again, every match meant something. Every match was was, you know, a, 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 I'm sitting here watching it um, on my TV, and uh, you know. It would a match would get over and it's like okay you know and then the next you know the video package pops up and you're like oh shit now you're hyped for this match and then you know that match and then you know it's not like you, I I don't think I I I not once was I like ah oh, I gotta sit through this match you know um, especially like I said the the junior title the the never title the the tag titles um, every, every title that was on the line was an important fun. Uh, significant match that I was looking forward to. So I can't imagine being there live. That had, had to be just off the charts. Yeah, yeah, it was a really special experience. Um, so I guess we'll go through the card then. We'll work through the matches chronologically if that suits you. Yep. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, uh, I've got a question about Chris, but I feel so much excitement for this event that maybe I'll save the Chris question till the end. Um, the first thing that I've got here was this promo video of the new chairman Harold May in the shower. Why would yeah. they do that? What what did that meeting I, sound I, like? The production staff sitting him down. Uh, Harold, we want to get a little hype video with you. Oh yeah, yeah, that sounds good. What, what have you got in mind? Going to record you in the shower. <laughs> what did you make of that? Yeah, I, I I didn't I that was a head scratcher. There, listen. I I enjoyed just about everything on this show, but I, I can't sit here and say that there weren't moments where I was like, mm, right? And and again, I think the easiest one to kind of put in that bucket would be Jericho and Naito. But yeah, that's that would be in that in that what the fuck are they thinking bucket? Um, I I didn't I didn't understand. I mean, again, I, I help me 
Do you do you have any idea what that was for? Like what? Why you would do that? What what was the significance of that? I I could see the purpose of the video if you cut out the first two minutes of it. It's getting across that this guy's a massive fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling and, and a fan of Pro yeah. Wrestling Joe, and it was great. So I finished that with a really good impression of him, thinking, yeah, the company's in safe hands. But him taking a shower that was just so bizarre. I can't make any sense of that. <laughs> Right, right. You could have been doing anything. You could have been cooking breakfast. You know, but, right. You know, like maybe it's a, um, maybe it's some type of uh, like a clean slate um, or a you know washing the the old and in with a new. I don't know. I, that's the only thing I could possibly think of. I'm, I'm I'm sure people will chime in with their opinions of what the fuck that was about, but I, it it went over my head. Also, on a personal level, I was very happy that on the morning of the event the uh, VTR, the hype video, was finally launched. And I've been waiting all week for that. I've been non-stop on Twitter. Where's my VTR? Where's my VTR? And it finally came out and it lived up to my expectations. So I had that downloaded on my phone. I was listening to that on the journey on the way there with that awesome music. Did you enjoy the VTR as much as I did, Damon? Yeah. Yeah, I knew you were super excited. I, I, I Listen... I, I I see you on there. I see you on the social media taking care of business. And the you no, know, hands down, you you you're 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 a master. You're a master, and I say it. Um, but yes, I uh, I did see the video, and I love the video. And yeah, it is it is it is hype hype. You know, it, it does get you the juices flowing, doesn't it? It does. Uh, you need us, and uh, I'm glad I'm glad you finally got it mere hours before the event. But um, yes, I'm, I did see it, and I'm glad that you. Uh, we're able to cash in and, and get your long-awaited video. On the topic, um, another thing that I still haven't quite got used to yet is expressing a thought or an idea or a question on Twitter and people actually replying to it. Because prior to doing this, anything that I wrote on Twitter, just no response whatsoever because I didn't have that many followers. But it's just... It's still really unusual for me to ask a question and people answering. Or, you know, I, I put up a, a Twitter poll and I get a hundred odd people responding to it. It's just... I don't know. It's still very novel for me, David. I still get excited about little things like that. No, yeah, listen. So I do too. Listen, I, when I look at the stats, you know, of downloads, you know, it's like all these people are listening to this. Like, like I just like what? Um, what? Uh, it is. It is awesome. And again, that's the one thing where I feel, uh, uh, you know, I'm. It hurts a little bit to not go to Tokyo this January. It's, it, you know, it's like mm, I'm going to miss that. You know, and and truth be told, that's one of the things that I missed about not doing a podcast was was even though I bitch and moan and I, you know, I'm like ah, I don't want you know I want to be left alone or whatever, um, I I miss that I I, I at the, at the very least I missed just being able to talk about pro wrestling to you or you know in, in general to get that out of my system just like you said when you opened the show but that then to have other people share those same things it is awesome it is a, it is an incredible thing and then again having someone come up and be like you know I've listened the, the whole time and or you know I I've, I've listened for the past year and it, we love the show and blah that's that's awesome I mean you can't beat that and that's why kind of that's why I'm waking up at 7:30 in the morning not feeling so great and and doing a show because I I love doing it and I love and I love the response that we get so yes I I'm I'm, I'm right there with you I don't know if I've mentioned this before this uh, Japanese concept of ikigai um, which is an intersection of four things so this is when you find something that you're good at something you're passionate about something the world needs and something that you can get paid for 
and for what I'm doing at the moment, it's ticking all the boxes apart from the paid for stuff. But luckily, that's not an issue for me because you know I, I'm fortunate enough not to to have enough money to you know feed myself and put a roof over my head and, and take care of my wife. But uh, it's definitely something that's uh, very satisfying for me on, on a personal level. So uh, just get the uh, Gaijin Collectibles sponsorship gig back in, and then that's it. We found Ikigai, which is like I think it means like a, a reason for being. I like that. Yeah, that's um, um, and and I subscribe to that philosophy of life. So yeah, come on, let's get a, let's get some sponsors. I'm sure we can get some, you know, some, uh, you know, segments that can be sponsored. I just, I don't know. We should, we should, we should probably work on that. All right, let's talk about this show. Let's talk about Dominion. I know everybody's on the edge of their chairs, uh, driving in their cars, just just salivating at our hot takes here. So uh, why don't you open it up with? Uh, what was it? The junior heavyweight championship yes. match, the, the tag match. Yeah, right? so we got uh, El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru defeated Roppongi 3K, Sho and Yo. Uh, this was a bit of a surprise for me. Me and I think a lot of other people thought that Sho and Yo were going to win this, um, but it wasn't to be. Damon, what did you think, think of this match? I thought the match was good. Um, yeah, the, the that was a little bit of a shocker and, and, and an odd way to open up the show for me. Um because I, I really did think it was a slam dunk. I really did think after the best of the Super Juniors and, and the performance by showing you know, that maybe maybe it was naive of me, but I was kind of like these guys are shooing to hold these belts and, and maybe hold them for a little bit. Um, now, now, with that said, El Desperado had a fantastic best of the Super Junior. Kanemaru, maybe not, but all right. But, uh, you know, Despy did. Um, and there were a lot of Despy so, yeah, chants in the thought... arena. A lot of them were coming from no, me, well... but still. He's definitely <laughs> taken was... off in popularity. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. Um, so, you know, it, on the one hand, I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, it's a shoo-in for show and yo. But yet, on the other hand, El Desperado had a coming out party, too. So... Um, I thought maybe that you would see, you know, for me, I thought an, an El Despi uh, singles run uh, was in the future. But, eh, listen, I, I I mean, if we're talking about deserving stuff based off of a, a best of the Super Junior performance, you could definitely say that, that Desper, Desperado was in in that in that talking you know he was he was i don't know what i'm trying to say here <laughs> you know he was in he's in the mix let's put it that way for someone who deserves a, a special honor in after the best of the super junior so um while it was surprising it it's not shocking yeah it was good to see him get a pin and a victory in a, a big match like that he definitely does deserve it um i thought this match was really good just it was a bit too short for my liking it was nine and a half minutes and compared to Wrestle Kingdom, where the junior tag match between Rapongi, 3K, and the Bucks got closer to 20 minutes, this was a bit rushed. Like they didn't have enough time to really get things going. Um, you speak about Desperado getting a, a singles run. I think that mask versus mask match against Dragon Lee is official or, or as good as. Um, I mean, surely Dragon Lee's not losing his mask here. Do you think this is uh, inevitable that we're getting. Uh, Desperado unmasking and possibly returning to the Kyosuke Mikami character. I would think so. I mean, I think that's that. You're right. I, I can't see anybody else losing a, a mask if that's going to happen, um, unless they do some kind of, you know, hoodwink and bamboozle and and nobody loses it. But yeah, I mean, that, that, that's that's the only that's the only logical way I would I would think we would go with that. Um, and I think it's I think it's time. You know. Um, 
I, I'm not going to say the gimmick is a hindrance. I like the gimmick, actually. Um, yeah, I think it looks cool. More of, I like the mask. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's more of a, of a graduation, maybe. You know, maybe a... a and I don't want to say a promotion, but it's it's you know he's he might it might be time for him to out and outgrow that that gimmick and 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 get a new coat of paint on. Yeah, I was about to ask if you think having a mask on is uh, uh, possibly restricting your uh, ability to become popular as a singles wrestler. But then we got two guys later on in the show who have been wearing masks for pretty much most of their careers who are huge stars so I don't know it's a it's a six and one half a dozen and the other for me uh what about showing yo then do you think they remain together as a team for the foreseeable future I would think so um I, I would think so but I hope not like I, I just see them as cornerstones of a promotion um I, I just don't know what you do with them right now, right? There, it just seems very crowded in that that middle tier of of New Japan, right? So, you know, you could put Sho and Yo in there with, uh, you know, Jay White, it feels like. Or you could put him in there with uh, David Finley. Or you could put him in there, if, you know, just uh, a Juice or kind of like the, Yoshihashi. Like, that's where I feel that they are, and they can get lost in that mix very, very easily. Um, so while on one hand, I'm kind of like, yeah, let's, let's split them up and let's see what they can do as singles competitors. Um, that frightens me a little bit because it does seem very, very crowded. And how do you, how do you, you know, shine from that pack? You don't want to get stuck in that middle of the road pack. Yeah. This is, I guess, something that happens to the juniors after the best of super juniors, unless you are in the title picture, then you're not going to be doing much until the, uh, super junior tag tournament towards the end of the year. So, I guess it seems that we're not going to be seeing too much of Sho and Yo uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, any more thoughts on this match before we move on to the next one? Um, no, I mean, I thought, like you said, it was short. And they had to shave time somewhere. I mean, given everything else that's coming up, they had they had to shave stuff somewhere. So, um, short, but good. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, I guess I should ask who you think the next challengers might be for the belts. Mm. That's, a, that's an even better question. Um, I here's the thing. I don't, I don't think it's. I don't think it, they're they're dead in the water. Um, showing yo, I could see them challenging again. Um, I mean, off the top of my head, I'm, I'm like, who who would be the challenger? Um, I mean, Bushi <laughs> can't. You know, he's not without with Hiromo. Um, I mean, I can't imagine like a. Um. Uh, Will and, and I mean I I really think it's showing yo I mean who else is there? Yeah, um, Will I don't know I think they might have other plans for him but I suppose uh, are there any other Chaos Juniors? I'm just thinking in terms of the factions. Uh, maybe uh, like I mentioned before we might get you know Mike Skern and Ishimori maybe a Bullet Club Junior team challenging, or they might call mm. back some of the guys from the best of Super Juniors. You know, let's have a I don't know a team of. ACH and flip or something like that but um, yeah it's quite difficult to decide in that sense um, alright so next match then we've got a special tag match uh, David Finley and Juice Robinson defeated uh, the Chaos team of Yoshihashi and Jay White in 7 minutes and 26 seconds with Juice getting the pin over Jay White after a pulp friction um, your thoughts on this match please well you know you, you know where we're going with this right so it's it's quite obvious 
you know, after Juice uh, hits that pulp the lariat and then the, the pulp friction and obviously getting the pinfall uh, on white, we're looking at Long Beach. Or not Long Beach, we're looking at the Cow Palace, right? Um, I mean, even after the, the match, you got Juice standing there with the belt. Um, you know, so in, in not so many words, we're, we're looking at them and, and a title defense. Um, I would think at, at the Cow Palace, right? And do you think Juice wins it? I do. I do. I think I think um I think it's an easy switch, right? It's it it's not going to I don't think it's necessarily going to hurt Jay White if he does oh, an lose. Easy switch um, blade. Ah, nice. Is it nice. too early for that, David? No, no, not at all. Not never too early for a great pun, Joel. <laughs> um no, but I think uh, again, it's it's an it's an easy uh, thing to do. Give Juice his first singles title. Um, it'll be important for him. So yeah, let's let's we we can do that. We can look forward to that. It's not going to hurt Jay White at all. So if that does happen, then that'll be a huge moment for Juice Robinson, whose quest for New Japan titles. Uh, he, he hasn't had any sort of titles, has he? Not six man tags, nothing. So it'll be a big moment for him to finally get one. And where you, what are your thoughts on? Jay White's uh, U.S. heavyweight title reign as a whole. Listen, I know everyone shit on me when you know we were talking about Jay White and how I it took me a little bit to kind of get not get behind him, but it just didn't feel like it was a step up, right? Um, and I still kind of feel that way. I mean, I just I I can't I can't say this this is a memorable title run. I can't say that this is going to go down in as as anything that anyone will remember um, from this title run. Again, it's sometimes the belt and the titles make the wrestler, but a lot of times the wrestlers make the title. Um, and I just don't see after Omega losing. I mean, it is Kenny Omega. It is, you know, you know, anytime that's that's a uh, you know. It's it very likely will be a step down, but but it, it felt like a dramatic step down, and it felt like a um, one of those things where where the the belt itself has lost its luster and it's lost its its, its shine to me. Um, so I, I, again, was it the right call? I mean, maybe, but again, we're talking about um, a title that is new and 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 needs to have a little bit more. Uh, value built into it but you know you think Jay White beating Kenny Omega that would that would have done it and I just I I I just haven't felt it Joel I just haven't felt it well it was a bad night for chaos overall uh do you think there's any chance we might get Jay White challenging Okada for leadership of the chaos faction that would be a mistake right <laughs> I mean that would be um they're if, if if they do do that I'm going to be honest. They're 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 at that point. It would feel like they're shoving Jay White down our throats, right? He who has he has gone from uh, Tanahashi at the Dome. He's gone through Kenny Omega. He's gone through now. If, if that's the case, he's going now challenge of the, uh, uh, Okada for the rights to Chaos. That would be that that to me. It's just, he just that doesn't feel like a guy that that should be getting the. I don't want to say that should be getting these opportunities, but it's just. Again, it feels like you're, they're shove, trying to shove, shove Jay White down our throats, and it's just um, – I, I don't think it's paid off yet. I mean, I know there's people that are very high on him, and, and, and there are people that are just 
waiting for it or or think it's here. Um, I don't think it's here yet. I don't think I don't think a, the, a superstar Jay White is here yet. No. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, I should also point out that there was a, a lot of crowd support for Juice Robinson, as you might expect. And also for David Finley, uh, a lot of people calling out his name when he was getting beaten down in the ring. So uh, definitely I think Finley's popularity has increased this year. And I think he's got a bit of rub from his feud with Jay White. So uh, understandably, you're a bit... Um, ju- jury's still out for you on the uh, the success of Jay White as a character but if nothing else I think it's definitely helped Finley along by giving him something meaningful to do so third match then uh, special tag match uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki beat the team of Toriyano and Tomohiro Ishii in 8 minutes and 42 seconds after ZSJ taps out Toriyano with a modified Jim Breaks armbar uh, what did you think of this match? Fine I mean it, I, I don't think it was the greatest of matches but and and again here's another example where they really shaved some time right to because of everything that was going on on this show I, I wish this would have gone longer um i will say that there is one takeaway of the um the ball shot the or dare i say the attempted ball shot from yano and and uh zach catching him with his legs and turning uh, it just again we say it every week and it feels like it's we say it ad nauseum, but he is just so creative and so so entertaining to watch that you, you never see the same thing twice. And um, that was another perfect example of turning a, a a spot that we've seen a thousand times with Yano and turning it into something fresh and new. Yeah, it was very fun uh, when he did transition that ball shot into the submission. Uh, there was a tweet from Jimmy Havoc who said, Zach had to learn this technique due to years of me trying to hit him in the bollocks whilst drunk, so I'll credit myself for his success. I also like ZSJ uh, taking the piss out of Yano by doing his uh, shrugging taunt after that match finished. I've just realised here, I'm looking at the uh, New Japan website, the results page, and it is calling it a modified Jim Breaks armbar, but... Jim Breaks is in a bit of spot of trouble with the law. Is it was it him that's uh in uh who was arrested or charged in connection with the death of his partner? I'm gonna look mm, this up. Yeah, you wanna look that one up? I don't <laughs> Yeah, rest of Jimmy Breaks arrested for killing ex partner. So it's in the news. This was last July. Okay. Uh, former professional wrestler Jimmy Breaks has been arrested in Grand Canary after a British woman believed to be his ex partner uh died. So uh, yeah, that's that's there in the news. You, you, I can't get in trouble for that. Don't take me to court like Colt Cabana and CM Punk. Yeah, right? <laughs> Seriously, we, I saw. I actually, I actually saw Colt um, on Friday. I congratulated him on his uh, on his big win. Like he, we, like he doesn't know me, but like it's, it feels like every time I'm over in Tokyo, we always bump into each other. So it's always more like a head nod. Hey, yeah, what's up? Um, but yeah, yeah, he was there. Uh, isn't that a, not to veer off topic? But isn't that an amazing thing? Were you following that trial at all? Yeah, I was. I think yeah, it's great too. that and we can it... uh, insult people on a podcast and not get in trouble for it. Basically, <laughs> right? That's really. But seriously, though, all kidding aside, on that, that is a, that is an important thing. I mean, it's like, you know, what if I, you know, what if I say something about fucking, I don't know, Juice Robinson. You know, and it's, and you know, as long as it's not you know completely out of line and completely, you know, but if I have an opinion um, or a recollection of events that happened, then I tell a story. You know, 
I don't want to get dragged into fucking court. I got to get insurance for doing a shitty podcast. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, so that was uh, that's that, I was following it for that reason alone, um, and and you know two guys that I you know I follow throughout their career, so it was it was an interesting thing. Um, are we excited for a, a possibility of a Suzuki uh, Ishii um, program? Yeah, of course, that will be an amazing match. Um, where do you think that would be happening? Do you think? They would save that for a Rev Pro only show, or is that going to be for the strong style of Evolve UK tour or Cow Palace or what? Where do you see that one happening? That's a great question. I that that I don't know. I don't know if they, you know, they're not really big on Japanese versus Japanese when it comes to these tours, right? It's it's not. Well, I say I say that, but they Rev Pro just had you know Suzuki and 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 Zach against. Um, I might have been, was it, no, it wasn't Ishii, it was, um, who the fuck did they just wrestle? Oh, my point is shit right now, but you get my point. Um, like, when they do the Ring of Honor stuff, it's like, it's hardly ever, like, I, my biggest complaint with those um, Ring of Honor tour shows is that you would never see, like, two Japanese, like, Goto versus Tanahashi. Like, they're just not going to do that. They're going to give you, you know, Goto against Dalton Castle, right? <laughs> it's just, uh, or, you know, Jay Lethal versus, uh, and, and the Briscoes against, you know, Tanahashi, Kushida, and whomever. Um, that was the that was the one thing that I always just was just like, come on, just give us one fucking, and they, and they were going to do that once. I think it was like at, at Las Vegas, and I think it was, they were planning on having Ishii versus Goto. In Las Vegas, and they and they switched it, and I was like, "What the fuck?" So to answer your question, um, I don't know where they would do it, but um, we, I mean, we got plenty of Road Two shows, we got plenty of uh, um, opportunity in the G One, possibly if they're in the same blocks. They they got to be announcing those those blocks soon, right? Yeah, it's usually the Kazuna Road Tour. They do that on the three mm. nights at Karakawin, so I guess uh, that's when we'll be getting them uh, later on this month. Yeah, for some reason, I thought we were going to get them at Dominion, but um, you're right. That is usually the time, so we got that to look forward to. So that's good. Good stuff there. Our fourth match of the evening, we've got the Never Openweight Championship three-way match with uh, Large Michael Elgin, although we should probably call him Medium Michael after yeah. the weight that he's lost. He looked in tremendous shape, uh, defeating Hiroki Goto and Taichi. Uh, what did you think of this match? I thought it was really good. I'm really excited. Truth be told, about um, Michael Elgin holding that never title, I think um, you know. Think think whatever you want to think about Michael Elgin. And I know there are, are many opinions uh, of Mike, whether it be inside the ring or outside the ring. Many people, many opinions. Um, but I think people can concede the point that he, the man can put on some decent fucking pro wrestling matches. Um, so the idea of him and and possibly maybe even an Ishii or him against uh, I don't know hey a, a, a juice um, if if it's not the U.S. title um, that that he's shooting for um, even 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 rematches with Goto would be would be fine um, I, I like the idea I think it's a new fresh spin I know you were a little upset I'm sure that you were. Uh, Pounding your feet and 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 stamping, you know, stomping your feet and and tears were coming out of your eyes when when your Lord and Savior Tai Chi did not walk away with that never title. I I, I could hear the screams all the way here, but uh, I liked the match. I thought it was uh, I, I it could have easily have been a, a, a gigantic clusterfuck, 
but it wasn't. It felt like it was paced well. Um, again, here's another example. I wish it would have went a little bit longer, but um, again, there's only so many hours in a day. Yeah, I was just intrigued by uh, beforehand Tai Chi saying that if he won it, he was going to start taking on some of the juniors. And I quite like the idea of, you know, Tai Chi against Kushida for the never open way title. Just things like that. I thought that could have been fun. But uh, we'll see what happens down the line. Again, I thought this was a really fun match. I know there are going to be people out there who say that uh, Tai Chi's inclusion dragged the quality down. But I thought I, there were some really amusing spots in there with him, you know, shoving Miho Abe into the ring and then Elgin and Goto just totally ignoring her and going back to wrestling. And I'm certain we are going to get the Elgin-Goto one-on-one rematch, which will be tremendous. I mean, like you say, try to separate the art from the artist. I mean, someone like AJ Styles, for example, who I think sounds like a bit of a dickhead in real life, I can uh, appreciate his wrestling, uh, regardless of, I don't know, what his political views are, whatever. So... uh, Elgin, terrific wrestler, and I think uh, him as a champion, we're going to get some pretty hard-hitting matches. I mean, he is that sort of never-open-weight strong side down to a T. So lots of quite interesting possibilities for where they go next. Yeah, I mean, there are a handful of people that, again, the easy ones that you think of are, you know, your Ishis, your, your, even your Makabe's. Um, I don't know if anybody's too excited to see Makabe in, in a in a singles program here in 2018 but um that is there but then again you also have those you know how about elgin zach right um i would i would i would drop down some bucks to see elgin zach so again i think i think it does give a new fresh perspective it does give a new fresh spin a new coat of paint on a belt that that probably needed it um and again the first of of many north americans walking away with uh, New Japan Gold. And the very next one, the fifth match, the IWGP Tag Team Championship. We've got the Young Bucks beating Evil and Sonada in 15 minutes uh, after Matt Jackson pinned Sonada from following the more bang for your buck. Uh, was this a surprise to you? It wasn't a surprise. and I, I, I actually read some stuff online where people were like, um, Young Bucks shouldn't have won. You know, they're, they're, they're winning stuff too early. It should have been a slower burn. And I don't think so. I mean, I think the, 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 the watch me use this word, Joel, uh, the narrative has always been that the Young Bucks are the best tag team in the world. Um, and size be damned, they can beat just about anybody. Um, and and that, was this, that was the case here. The best tag team in the world um, beat um, a you know the, the the current champs and that's that's to me that makes perfect sense um i thought the last five minutes of this was 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 fantastic i really did i thought this was some of like the last five minutes i was here's what this did the last five minutes got me more excited for the the show and like it got me more excited for the card because i was like you know it it felt like at that point we we reached a new level and we kicked a higher gear um I'm happy for him, you know, and again, here's another example of, of North Americans t- walking away with New Japan Gold. It's 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 a weird, weird time. So it was a weird show in that. Um, and and again, it's it was absolutely done intentionally. Right? I can't I can't imagine it not. Um, I mean, they booked it. Of course, it's done intentionally. <laughs> but, you know, um, they the, the, uh, finally. How many for how many years have have I been saying and and I think many people have been saying that the, 
the tag division was boring and 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 dull and just seemed to be booked in a matter haphazardly and just with real no focus and direction. I think this changes the game. I think I think now, you know, when was the last time you were truly seriously excited for an IWGP heavyweight tag team title match? It's been years. I mean, truly excited. Not, oh, that should be a good match. I was truly excited for it. And I think now, moving forward, I'm, ex- I'm excited for every single heavyweight tag title defense now. I think because the, cause the matches have the potential to be great. And there's focus. And there's, there's meaning behind the belts. And here's another example of, of a team. And again, I think Evil and Sonata did a, did a great job in, in, in making it, starting it at least fresh. Um, you know, evil getting hurt didn't help, but now, now I'm excited for the the the, the heavyweight tag uh, scene, um, and and what's to come. And I, I haven't been able to say that confidently in years. Yeah, this is definitely a big step up from last year, getting you know, Gorillas of Destiny and Killer Elite squads and um, War Machine having endless three-way matches. And I like Killer Elite oh. squad; I think they're a really good tag team. But definitely having the Yardbox in here freshens things up. And I thought this was a tremendous match. I really, really enjoyed this. I'm a, a big fan of tag team wrestling. When it's done right, it can hit all the, the sweet spots for me. And the Young Bucks, what a year they're having. Their two big matches with Rapongi 3K at Wrestle Kingdom and New Beginning were tremendous. I had them both at four and a half stars. Uh, that match they had with the Golden Lovers was excellent. All the other, they've had plenty of other matches that I'm sure I've forgotten that were really outstanding. And, and this was another one for me. I think when it comes to prominent tag team matches, there's just simply no one as good as these guys. And someone was asking me on Twitter uh, about a, a performance that maybe was under the radar. I thought, again, Nick Jackson was absolutely tremendous because uh, the Young Bucks in these New Japan matches, they do such a great job with the psychology, with the selling, which is something that they get accused of not doing but when they're in these kind of matches they do it seriously and we had this spot with Nick Jackson kicking the ring post and then not being able to use his leg properly and he was going to do the Meltzer driver but he just collapsed onto the the leg injury on the top rope and it was just excellent excellent stuff and yeah I'm really excited to see where these guys go um, we've got a question yep. from uh, at Jay Langley 7 saying which was the most shocking title change at Dominion now, any of these so far that we've discussed that would fit under that category I want to say the Elgin one was shocking. Um, I, I I know, you know, people want to think that you know it, it, it's shocking in 2018 for him him to have a title, but um, I, I wasn't too shocked with that, and I, and I certainly wasn't shocked with the Young Bucks winning. Um, I, I really the only shocking one, and it really wasn't a huge shock, was um, Despi and and Kanemaru to me um, out of the gate. Let me ask you this. Um, because I was not doing a podcast at the time, but um, I, you know I'm watching that Golden Lovers Young Bucks match from from Long Beach, and I kid you not, and and you're you're talking about Nick Jackson. I thought Matt Jackson was unbelievable, and and to that point, you know him work you know selling that back injury, um, the way that he was for for. You know what felt like months um, was just an outstanding job, and him in that match, just unbelievable. Like, like to me, it was it, it was uh, it was almost a breakout performance. And I had actually even said to people, like, man, he is having like like a it's hard to say a wrestler of the year type year, um, you know. But man, he is having 
one of those special fucking years, like a breakout year. And, you know, I say you can't say that. You know, you can't say wrestler of the year when you talk about the Young Bucks. You know, why the fuck not? Yeah, totally. You can. I think we can. Yeah, yeah I, th- I really think you can. I mean, you consider the business ramifications of everything. I mean, you talk about the, the in-ring year that the Young Bucks have had. What about outside, you know? I mean, these guys move tickets like no one's business. They're absolute money makers, right? They're they're running the biggest independent wrestling show in years, um, selling out a building in in record time. Well, I mean, not record time, but you know, thirty minutes is nothing to sneeze at. Um, the the I mean, the, the, these guys are popular enough to have you know individual merchandise lines in Hot Topic. I don't think that that can be hand waved right um that's that you know when you when you when you look at the 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 criteria criteria for wrestler of the year you're looking at in ring you're looking at uh business you're looking at the 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 whole gamut why not why wouldn't you have them in that conversation at this point i think you should and and i and i think you know i I think it would be uh, a grave error if uh if they get overlooked like because they absolutely should be in the conversation. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, they tick all the boxes. I mean, if you're telling me what the metrics are for wrestler of the year, as you just outlined it, then what criteria are they failing to satisfy? They're right, just excellent stuff, as you say, inside and outside the ring. Right, they check all the boxes, and and again, you know, the biggest thing you people would argue is, oh, okay, well they're. Um, you know, they're they're not top of the card, and they're not you know money movers, and they're not. Well, that's bullshit. Well, they headlined right? that show, the Strong Style Evolve show. Yeah, yeah, they headlined that. I mean, that was the. I mean, listen, with the help of Kenny and 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 Coda, but, but still, it was that match. They were in it. Um, that's what sold that building. And then, and then, and again, all the all in show. I mean, that's that's the. You, they got to be in the conversation. They check all the boxes. Yeah, you give me a show where the Young Bucks are main eventing, then I'm not complaining. You know that's a, an ironclad guarantee that you're going to get a quality main event. Yeah, right. And and again, that, that kind of goes back to the original point of, you know, for the first time in years, I'm excited for the IWGP heavyweight title, uh, tag team titles. You know, I don't have to sit through, um, you know, Makabe and... and, and even though I liked them, you know, uh, Makabe and Homa or uh, you know, Carl Anderson and Doc Callow. Yeah, Yano you know, Ishii. Just, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of examples that don't fill you with confidence. Right, right. But, you know, and, and then when you dig even deeper, you know, these guys are legitimate contenders for wrestler of the year. I mean, I I know it's a crazy thought to even think of it to put that in the, in the, in the same breath as like, a you know, an Okada or an Omega or a, uh, you know, even to a certain degree, a Will Ospreay or um, or Hiromu or AJ Styles or um, you know whatever, whoever is doing well in in, in those other companies, um, I, I can't imagine the Young Bucks not being in the conversation this year. And if they're not, it is a grave oversight. Well, I don't want to open the can of worms here, but seriously, can you give me a, a WWE? main roster wrestler who's had a better in-ring year than the Young Bucks and I don't think you could yeah I mean even if you just left that at, at in-ring um, it, they, they'd be in the mix but you take into consideration all the business that they move all the all the 
again, if a promoter signs the Young Bucks, I mean, again, not that they can with their exclusivity and all that stuff, but if they're on the show, tickets are getting moved, right? If, if, if the Young Bucks are announced for a Ring of Honor show at the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, tickets are going to move. If the Young Bucks are announced on a pro wrestling gorilla show, their tickets are going to move. Um, and, and again, I, I, I hate to beat the dead horse, but that all-in show, I mean, it is, it is, it is a multi-pronged attack with Kenny and Cody and you know the whole Bullet Club ensemble. But the Young Bucks are a huge part of that, um, and and that cannot be ignored in in 2018. It cannot be ignored. So, do you think the Young Bucks are still going to be with Bullet Club, or do you think this Golden Elite thing sees them moving away from that? Because it is quite a swollen uh, faction, if you if you get what yeah. I'm saying. There's a lot of people in that. Yeah, yeah, and there are definite tiers, right? There's definite um, there's definite tiers and definite perceptions of uh, of who is you know the top of the rung and who's the bottom of the rung in that in that faction. Um, I I I'd, I'd like to hope so, right? I mean, I'd like to. I'd, I'd I'd like to to think that that is what's going to happen, um, and I'd be okay with it because again, to me, it feels like there's. Uh, I hate to say this, but it feels like the the Bullet Club are, are a pack of fucking jobbers, right? <laughs> they they feel like they're just scrubs at this point, um, and and there's a definite a level leveling up, if you will, getting Kenny Bucks and Kota Obushi. Um, as compared to, I don't know, Yujiro, <laughs> Chase, um, and this is not a knock at Chase. It's just you know just the pecking order. Um, you know, Gorillas of Destiny, Tonga Loa. You know what I mean? It's just it's there's a there's definitely a um, one one seems a little bit more robust than the other. Let's just say that. All right. Any guesses who you think we might see Young Bucks defending against if, if they are indeed to defend these tag titles at uh, either the Cow Palace show or All In? Uh, I would think that they would they would be defending at the Cow Palace. I would think right, um, and and probably All In. Um, now All In, it might not be uh, New Japan per se, so it might be like um, you know you could very easily do like a Jay Lethal and somebody else, right? Um, and and Ring of Honor, I don't think would have a problem with that, and New Japan wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, whether they defend at the Cow Palace mm, seems very quick, right? Because that's right around the corner, right? That's only a handful of weeks away. Um, but yeah, I mean, they could do it. Who would it be? Mm, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe. Um, well, you you could do Ishii and Yano, couldn't you? Yeah, or maybe Suzuki and ZSJ. Yeah, yeah, you could do one of those, either one of those two. That would be a nice feud, actually. <laughs> Imagine that. That's a fire pro wrestling if I ever heard it. Young Bucks and uh, Zach and and Suzuki. Jesus Christ, that would be crazy. Uh, I'd be into that, no doubt. It doesn't look like it's going to be Evil and Sonata, though. It looks like they have the. Uh, Looks like a couple of those have bigger fish to fry, but um, yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. Okay, so speaking of the Bullet Club, sixth match, special six man tag match, 
Marty Skull, Hangman Page and Cody defeat the team of Rey Mysterio Jr. Jushin Thunder Liger and Hiroshi Tanahashi after 11 minutes 35 seconds. Cody pinning Liger after a crossroads. Uh, your thoughts on this match, please. I, I, I felt like I called that one, right? When I found out that, that, that unfortunately, this was not for the never six-man titles, uh, I think my next uh, sentence out of my mouth was, well, it looks like Liger's eating a pin. And it's exactly what it was. Um, it, it, what... <sighs> Is, I mean, obviously Bullet Club will be led by Cody, at, and, and, and if they're not already, um, it, where, what, are we, what are we doing with Cody at this point for, with, from a New Japan perspective? Like, where would you want to see Cody at, and 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 what would you want to see Cody doing at this point? Is, is has has this been burnt out enough? Is are we over it? Is this something that we need to? to continue to see with Cody in the Bullet Club? Uh, that's a tricky question. I think there's enough cachet and interest in Cody as a kind of horrible, smug heel that people would enjoy watching him uh, getting beaten up in various special attraction matches. You know, you stick him in for a, a never open weight challenge against Elgin or, you know, put him in a special tag match here and there. Uh, I, yeah, I think there's still value in Cody on a card. I don't think he's uh, good enough to necessarily headline anything. And I know I predicted that it seems we're going to get uh, Kenny Omega defending against Cody, possibly at the Cow Palace. Not something that particularly interests me. Like main event singles, Cody to me doesn't do it. He's not good enough. But certainly lower down on the cards, there is value in it. Would you now? Here, here's and I agree with that. And one of the things that that I have always said that I would like to see if if I have to see Cody Rhodes, let's see Cody Rhodes in a tag element. And again, he's got Hangman Page. So why not have that challenge? Why not have Bucks and and uh, Cody and Hangman Page? I think those matches could be tremendous. Yep, I agree. I, and I think this kind of match is the perfect place for Cody. Uh, what we've got here yeah. with this, you know, the heroes team against the villains team. Um, yeah, Cody and Hangman, Cody and Mighty Skull, uh, put them together. They'll get a lot of heat. People will boo them. People will cheer whoever they're wrestling against. He can put on a, a very d decent tag match, I'm sure. So... Uh, I would say that will be the way forward. Yeah, I mean, and again, I've always said, well, I haven't always said, but I've recently have said that, you know, in ring, he's not my, one of my favorites. I think everybody is clear on that, but you got to give the guy props in the sense of, you know, for, for the same reasons we're, we're, you know, pumping up the Young Bucks here. I mean, Cody has done a, an absolutely tremendous job in the in in working this angle across multiple promotions um, and and making it make sense and and really having the feud of the year. I mean, besides you know the the stuff going on in NXT, which I think is tremendous, um, with uh, Gargano and and uh, and, and Ciampa, um, you know they they have the feud of the year, and it's been ongoing, and and he's been in the center and the crux of it. So, um, you know, as much as in ring Cody, I could do without. Uh, you got to give the man props for that. Absolutely. Yeah, um, well, what's something that stuck in my mind during this match was someone uh, close to me in the audience shouting out, Cody doesn't have any friends. <laughs> That's what he was saying? Yeah. That was that was his that was his hot take? Yeah. Uh, Cody doesn't have any friends. Huh. Well, that's, that's, those are just hurtful words, you know? That, those are just yeah, that words. crossed the line. That's going too far, really, isn't it? I agree. 
I agree. Um, fine match for what it was. I it wasn't anything you know that I was that you're gonna of, of everything on the show. It's probably not something I'm gonna go back and rewatch. But um, look, you gotta you gotta bring down the crowd a little bit, I guess, and then uh, we'll, we'll we'll rise them back up as we move along here in the card. Yeah, everything that we've seen so far, with the exception of the the young bucks, even in Solana match, was sort of a fun Karakuen, uh sort of road to undercards level where it was all fine no problems with any of it nothing where I'm sort of playing on my phone and not interested in it it's all pretty short but nothing that's blowing you away and that's fair enough I mean you can't really ask for more for uh, the undercard of a show that's so top heavy like this and we really got into the meat of it here with the seventh match IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship with uh, the challenger Hiromi Takahashi defeating the champion Will Ospreay in 20 minutes, 20 seconds after a time bomb. Um, one thing that was notable before this match was the way that the junior heavyweight match over recent years has been slowly creeping up the card. I think two years ago it was fifth from the top, last year it was fourth from the top, now it's third from the top. So this was a, a terrific match. Like For me it wasn't as good as the Ishimori match, but for me the Ishimori match, that's like match of the year level stuff. So perhaps that was raising the bar unfairly highly so it wasn't as spectacular as that but it was still a great match and for me I think now's the time to stop with the talk about a quote unquote moving up weight classes because this best of super juniors tour particularly the Karakuen shows which I think were all sellouts has proven that juniors can draw they didn't need the help of the heavyweights to bolster the numbers there. People are interested in watching the juniors for their own sake. And, you know, even taking a, a an example like Conor McGregor, people are not looking at him going, oh, well, he's not a heavyweight, so I'm not so interested in him. If the wrestlers are good enough and the, the title's booked to be strong enough and uh, people are interested enough in the characters like Hiromu, then I don't think they need to... Be thinking about moving people like Hiromu and Osprey to heavyweight because they can, uh, if they're good enough, and they certainly are good enough, raise the profile of the junior heavyweight titles to, you know, who knows, maybe somewhere down the line you could have the junior heavyweight title main eventing a, a big show like this. Um, what did you think of this? Yeah. I thought the match was tremendous. Um, I, again, Hiromu, um, you know, it's it's pretty amazing that that we talk about this and we talk about this often of how this promotion, once they again, I I use the, the line of tap them on the shoulder, um and and warm them up and say okay go out there and perform at a high level they they just can and do, um, I'll tell you what it this match was 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 great, and um and and I agree with a lot of of your points and and it goes back to kind of like what I was saying before in the sense of you know in this day and age you don't necessarily need to have that distinction and that line in the sand and unfortunately that line in the sand is one is better than the other or one is more important than the other and one is more significant than the other um and 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 the quicker that becomes blurred uh, the better for me right because because I'm I'm tr- I truly believe that I truly believe that that's a it has been a constant theme in in New Japan throughout their existence, um, and and it should end because this match alone and this feud alone and Will Osprey's year alone um, should speak to that. Well, I mean, isn't wasn't there supposedly talk? And, and again, I don't know 
if if these things are ever going to come to pass. But um, wasn't there talk that Mysterio was going to get some shots or or something along those lines? I'd like to see that. I I I think that match would be so much fun if we if we could find a way to pull them off uh, relatively soon. Um, the, the challenge will be is these uh, is G one as as we rapidly approach G one season that those juniors I don't want to say take a back seat but um, you know there's there's a possibility that we won't see a title defense for a long time um, during during G one so um, if we could kind of squeeze in a Mysterio in there quickly that would be that'd be fun. Do you think that Hiromu is in the conversation for wrestler of the year? Yeah. I think so, right? I think Osprey too, right? I think both of those guys. I think you have to have them in the conversation. Um, it's it's a it, you know it, it what a, what a year you know we you know we gush over 2017 and how every you know it seemed every time every big show had just big big matches and 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 you know it was going to be a hard year to kind of. Um, for match of the year, and you know, it was always going to be a challenge because it seemed like every show was was great and had great main events. This year, but, but, but and, and in 2017, though, even even with that being said, there were like a, a, a few standouts for wrestler of the year. Right? They were definitely, you know, three that you could just point your finger and be like, okay, these it's it's between these guys. I think it's fair to say that that has opened up widely this year, right? Where you know, yes, you still have great a great uh, body of of great pro wrestling matches, and that will be tough to pick come year end. But I think this year, wrestler of the year, especially within New Japan, when we do our most important awards of all, <laughs> right? Um, we that's going to be a that's going to be a dogfight. That is going to be a, 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 a with with lots of dogs in that fight. Osprey, Hiromo. We just talked about the Young Bucks. Obviously, Kenny. Obviously, Okada. Um, there's so many names that could that could, um, and, and you could even slide in maybe even Naito in that conversation as well. So many names um, that are just having outstanding, outstanding pro wrestling years. That um, this this year is going to be really tough. And again. I, I say that knowing full well that G G one is right around the corner, um, and that's where you really the cream rises to the top. But man, what a what a fucking half a year so far from from so many different people. Yeah, um, both of these guys have been absolutely stunning this year. Like every time they get in the ring, then they put on an incredible show, and they well deserve to be in the conversation. Uh, in the build up to this match, when they're having the press conference, uh, there was an amusing moment where. Uh, Will Ospreay was explaining to Hiromu the connotations in the West of him uh, calling his triangle choke finishing move D, which obviously, uh, where we come from, means something quite suggestive. But uh, he was explaining that to Hiromu, and then uh, he, he Ospreay was saying to him, yeah, well, in the West it means dick, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, lots of people like dick, I like dick. So someone on Twitter tagged him, says something like, oh, so we can file Will Ospreay under B for bisexual. And then Will Ospreay responded to that and said, yeah. He said, yeah, mate. So apparently that's uh, him confirming or or coming out as being bisexual. So if he's being genuine there, great. Good job, Will. Uh, We need more people to be doing that. 
Absolutely. Okay. I like that. Good for him. Uh, listen, um, that, 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 I mean, the significance of that then is, you know, you got your, 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 uh, well, former junior heavyweight champion and, and current world champion that, uh, that's, that's, that again, what a, what a historic day. That, that's good stuff. All right. And exciting good. stuff in the future for Osprey. Do you think there's any chance of him moving up to heavyweight and entering the G1? Hmm. Sorry, let me edit myself. Not moving up to heavyweight, moving to heavyweight. There you go. Now we're talking. Um, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be something? Um, I'm going to say the likelihood is low. I'm going to say the likelihood is low, but man, wouldn't that put a put a fucking fresh coat of paint on G1 that doesn't even need a fresh coat of paint to be truthful? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I I might be more excited than I than I've ever have waiting for these block announcements because that would be. I don't want to get myself hyped up over it, and I don't want to. I don't want to, as the kids say, work myself into the shoot. <laughs> um, that would be great. That I would I would love that. Has there ever been a wrestler who's wrestled in a best of the super juniors and a G one in the same year? That's a great question, and that's what I was thinking in my head. And the only one that I could possibly think of would be Liger, but I don't think it was the same year. I don't think they. Oh, had so he's one wrestled in a G one like, before then. I didn't know that. Uh, um, I'm almost certain. I think he did. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm almost certain he did. I'd have to look it up, but I'm almost certain he did. All right. Um, I think so. Look that up, Joel. You got the you got the you got the the, the typey fingers. Okay, you'll have to talk for a while while I know that up then. Ah, listen, I'm good at that. Listen, uh, but I, I'm almost certain. I, I could have wondered, like in one of the earlier ones, he was in, like not not like the first one or the second one, but I thought I thought that he was invited to be in it. Um, and he didn't do well. He, I think he probably had like three points or four points, but I'm, I'm something just keeps popping in my head that that was the case well I've um, gone to his Wikipedia page and I've done a control F for G1 and all that's coming up is G1 Climax Junior Heavyweight Tag League in 2001 with El Samurai uh, obviously is not it mm, something I, I just I, I'll have to look I know I'm the Liger guy and I should fucking be like very confident in it but and I'm not but I could have sworn he was um, alright we'll double check Somebody, I'm sure somebody will add us and yell at us and call me an asshole and all that stuff so okay right next question then we've got uh tyler forness at the real forno saying that the only belts in new japan held by japanese wrestlers are the junior heavyweight and junior tag belts is there anything to read into that because it was certainly a, a yeah, western centric night it certainly was wasn't it yep i think um again it wasn't done by accident it, it, that wasn't just happenstance and 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 uh uh you know serendipity that 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 was that was done for a purpose so um it is and again i we opened the show thinking you know has this ever happened in 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 its history and i can't think of at least like the heavyweight ones right i mean the never's a new title and and, and, the, and the intercontinental is a relatively new title um but you know even if we just used um the heavyweight and the uh tag as as an example um i can't remember two North Americans holding those titles at the same time. Um, 
It's it and and right now, I mean, up and down, just like this that person said, up and down the roster, everybody holding gold. Just about you know they're North American, which is you know for a Japanese promotion. Which let's be truthful, they're not a Japanese promotion anymore, Joel. Like New Japan Pro Wrestling is not a Japanese promotion anymore. It really isn't. Um, and and this is this is proof of that right now. The the, the way that they're 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 booking their champions. Okay, I'm just going to warn the listeners now that. Prior to recording this show, I sent my lovely wife off Mali for a massage. She has returned from the massage. Uh, she's oh. throwing things at me, and she started eating strawberries. So if there is noise, then um, blame her. All right, well, listen. Well, listen. I'm, I'm waiting. Oh, uh, listen. Uh, we 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 are waiting for the hot takes from her uh, and her thoughts of uh, Dominion. Uh, one of one of the, some of the listeners' favorite moments is my wife's uh, uh, nicknames that she has for a pro wrestler. So. Uh, um, that have that have stood the test of time, as a matter of fact. So um, they're there. I'm waiting for them to wake up. Like I'm, I, it's like um, it's like 9:30 here on the East Coast, and I'm waiting for the ladies to wake up and throw things at me. So that that should be coming soon. All right. Well, this is mildly dangerous, but I'm going to try anyway. I suppose if it goes wrong, we can edit it out later. Uh, Mali, give me some thoughts about New Japan Pro Wrestling. About what? <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. I'm not going to be doing that again. <laughs> Uh, that was that was not a great debut. I'm not gonna lie. She, I, 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 th- I thought she'd be coming to the to the table with a little bit more uh, gusto. That was a that was a that was a weak effort on her part. Yeah, never again. Zero minus five stars from Mally there. Minus five. Okay. Mm. Um, do you think there might be any Japanese wrestlers looking at the results of this show, thinking, mm, "What's going on here?" Um, no, I think that I think uh, I mean. Look, I think we all know the reasons behind this, and I think some of these are, are temporary moves, and I think some of them are are um, certainly not long term. I would I, I would I would venture a guess, um, you know, one being Jericho, obviously. Um, but no, I think I think it's listen. More people are talking about this than if I, I think more people are talking about Jericho winning than if Jericho lost. Right, and I think that's really the the end goal, right? Um, it, it is is that buzz. So now there's interest in a rematch, right? Now there's interest in 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 seeing Jericho walking into an arena with the Intercontinental Title. So, um, no, I, I I think I don't think they're looking at it as, oh my God, we're getting taken over. I don't think that's the case. But I I think I think they're looking at it as, wow, they're 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 it's it's, it's a strategic move. Um, and, and a move that, that has people talking. Okay, well, let's get into that match then. So this is the eighth match, IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Chris Jericho defeats Tetsuya Naito in 17 minutes, 16 seconds after a code breaker. One thing that stood out to me being there live um, was that a lot of people in Osaka are booing Tetsuya Naito. And apparently this is something they do regularly. And I was looking it up from the excellent Twitter account at MythGifts. Um, it, which explains the unique relationship that Naito has with Osaka. So Osaka was the first city that was 
the one to truly turn on Stardust genius Naito uh, back in the days before he became El Ingobernable. So when he declared himself the top star of Japan, challenged the Carter for Wrestle Kingdom in 2014, they literally laughed at him, they were jeering him, they were booing him, and he was a baby face at the time. So Japan didn't have anything like the sort of Roman Reigns John Cena effects, because um, it seems that Japanese crowds almost never boo the heels unless they're caught cheating or, or bending the rules somehow, and so booing a face is nearly unheard of, and that kind of rejection was unprecedented. Uh, so as he came back from his excursion as El Ingobernable and heel Naito came more popular, Osaka was the one place that continued to boo him. And it was like a theme. Every time they go to Osaka, they would boo him. And he won the title briefly from Okada in 2016. And then he was booked to defend it in Osaka. Um, a lot of other cities had changed their minds about him, except for Osaka. So they booed him all throughout the match. Uh, they cheered when he lost. Um, so what uh, is that something that tallied with your experiences watching Naito over the last few years? Have you noticed this yeah, thing about well- Osaka booing him? Yeah, so the the story is is that he was you know that 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 off I don't want to say awful it just it, it was a square peg round round hole kind of thing with with the Stardust Genius stuff so he uh, I guess to to kind of get in their favor in a, in a weird way he he cuts a promo and basically says hey if I don't come back to Osaka with the IWGP Heavyweight Championship you can boo me. Right or or you can hate me or you can do something whatever right. Well, lo and behold, he didn't come back with the title. Right, so they took him up on that and they booed him and they continue to boo him. They don't forget. Um, so they he's always had this this love hate thing going on with Osaka and 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 that was kind of a beginning. Um, I remember one match and I want to say it was against Fale. It might have been Fale. It might have been Tamatanga, but it was. I'm almost certain it was in Osaka, and it shit the bed. It was really a, it was honestly a terrible match, um, and the crowd really turned on him on that. Um, yeah, it was. It's just one of those things. It's kind of like I don't know. Um, I'm sure there's like a a, a a sports analogy where a player played for a certain team, and then they they decide you know they're going to leave. Uh, maybe a LeBron James might be a great example, you know, of him leaving. Uh, Miami or him leaving Cleveland or something along those lines. And then, um, you know, he returns home and he's booed out of the building. Maybe something along those lines, maybe something a little bit less. Okay, so this one was a bit of a head-scratch for me. I know some people, including yourself, predicted that Jericho was going to win, so you can... Uh, you're well entitled to a victory lap there. But personally, I don't like the idea of a, an aging, out-of-shape uh, Westerner being able to beat one of the top homegrown stars in New Japan, but I accept that I might be on an island there. Um, we've got another question from Tyler Fornes asking, what do you make of Jericho winning this title? Do you think it's a, a change of Gano's booking, more of a focus on global expansion? Is Jericho here to stay? Could this become a situation like the Universal title with Brock Lesnar where it isn't around very much and loses significance? So uh, a few issues there for you to get your teeth stuck into, Damon. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's more of a let's let's get people talking. Let's let's generate a buzz, and I think it's going to be a quick turnaround. Um, I don't think it's I don't think this is a long term. You know, you're not going to see Jericho holding onto this title for a year. Um, I think honestly, it's it's. I wouldn't be shocked if if he drops it. You know, if, if he's able to work these um, U.S. shows 
you know, or you know, a future U.S. show. Um, I can't imagine it being long term. But then, then again, you know, listen, I don't think anybody expected him to win that title. Um, I sort of agree with you in the sense of, yeah, I wasn't too thrilled with that that whole, um, just like you described, aging WWE guy is now, you know, beating top stars in New Japan. Um, at the end of the day, but it did it did just like what I said in the sense of more people are talking about him winning and 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 are maybe rediscovering or discovering New Japan Pro Wrestling because of this, right? Um, then if he just went there and lost. Um, so I, I can appreciate the fact that they have the balls to do something like that because I think this is a little bit of a ballsy move, um, but I do not think it's a long-term thing. I do not think this is a, uh, a, a situation where Chris Jericho runs roughshod over New Japan. Um, but I think, uh, honestly, I'm, a, I'm, I'm more than okay with it. I can see why they did it, and I think it's, quite honestly, somewhat smart. I, I don't have a problem. And, and here's the thing. And Naito is going to recover from it. It's not like, you know, he's he's going to be hurt by losing to Chris Jericho. Okay. Do you think Evil will be getting the next challenge then? Do you think he wins it back straight away? Do you think that's happening at Cal Palace? That, there's a very good possibility of that, right? There's a very good possibility. Um, that's that's what that's what it's that's the the scuttlebutt that seemed to be going on online that it, that it's Evil who's who's challenging. Um which I thought was a little bit weird in the sense of Jericho beat the top guy in Los Ingobernables, right? And he, Naito's the top guy. And now it's, you know, usually the you know the gatekeeper uh, that is now the, the star. So I don't know, you know, that, that, that seemed a little weird. Like, you've already beaten the top guy. Now I got to fight, uh, you know, an underling. Um, so that was weird. But... Um, yeah, I, I think that's I, – I wouldn't have a problem with Evil taking that title. Um, and I'm not saying it's a definite. Um, I don't say – I'm not saying Jericho is definitely losing this, but I would think that would make the most sense. I can't imagine him holding it long term. I could be dead wrong, but I just can't say it. Okay, and what did you think of this match overall then? Give me some snowflakes. Um, I thought it was a good, solid, physical brawl um, with, with some decent – and unexpected wrestling thrown in the mix. Um, I'm probably out of four. I'm probably out of four. Yeah, likewise. It wasn't as yeah, good as I the Omega match. I... had less of the plunder. And yeah, like you say, it was more of a sort of traditional wrestling match, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah, um, I, I you know I don't think it I don't think it breaks the four and a half range. I don't think it's in that range. But I think I I I, I I'm, I'm I'm comfortable with four. I think four is where where I sit. Okay, any more thoughts on that before we move on to the big one, the main event? Well, let me ask you. You asked me. Where where do you think this is? Do you think this was a good move? Do you think this was a um, a, uh, a tactical thing from New Japan for, to create buzz? Or, like, What's your thoughts on this? I think there was enough buzz as it is without them having to put this title on Jericho. And it's not necessarily the title being on Jericho that I've got the problem with. I kind of like this character that he is, you know, deliberately a bit out of shape and crazy and foul-mouthed and uh, rough around the edges. But just of all people, having to go over Tetsuya Naito is just something that just doesn't sit right with me. You could have put him over anybody else, but Naito is having a bit of a shit year, really, uh, coming off the disappointment, sending home all his fans unhappy from Wrestle Kingdom 12 and now sending his fans home unhappy at Dominion. I think there's only so many times you can do that before, from a personal standpoint, I stop taking the character seriously. 
I don't know, but I, I appreciate I might be the minority there. Do you think there's a risk of that? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't. Yeah. He, he just doesn't I mean, so that, popular, and everyone he, I mean, loves he the is, J stuff. And... He is red hot. Yeah, you know when you said that Jericho beat the top guy in Lij, I was actually thinking I don't know if he is. Hiromi seems like the top guy, the most popular guy, the, the hottest guy in Lij right now. Ah, uh, I mean, I mean, he's producing fantastic matches. He's 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 very popular. I can't I can't I can't sit here and say that he's he's. Oh, if you're in a pecking order in Lij, Naito's got to be at the top, right? Yeah, Naito's at the top. Yeah, I mean, I could be totally wrong <laughs> right here. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Everybody okay over there? Yeah, she's right. sneezing. She's just determined to do whatever she can to spoil the podcast, but I'm not going to let her. All right, all right. Listen, she's she's like, you got you got one of those tiny rooms, right? I mean, those rooms are tiny. Yeah. Uh, the first time yeah. we went to Tokyo, we stayed in a hostel, and I'm never doing that again. So I would rather no. pay over the odds for a tiny little hotel. We're, we're in an APA hotel, which is uh, the sort of standards. I wouldn't say low budget, but, you know, if you, if you don't want to hotel. break the Business bank. hotel. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I, that was, that, I, I saw pictures, and um, I, uh, it reminded me very much of almost exactly of the room that I had um at Cho- in right by the dome, uh, where we stayed, um, and it was small, like it was it was claustrophobic small. Like you, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I don't think I could manage having another person in the room, no matter who it was. Um, it was just very, very claustrophobic. All right, very good. Um, but no, I don't think it's going to hurt Naito that much. Um, and and truth be told, you know what? I would not be sh- well. I was going to say I would not be shocked if if Naito wound up winning the title again. I could be wrong, um, but again, G one's right around the corner. Here, the, and and here's a, here's really the key here. G one is right around the corner. You mean to tell me that that if Jericho's holding on to that Intercontinental title by the time G one rolls around, that he's not in it? And he and, he, and there's no fucking way he's in G one, right? Jericho in the G one? No, I can't see it happening. Me neither. So um, I think it's a I think it's a fair statement to say that that uh, he'll be losing that title before G one. Uh, would he have to do that? Would it be a, a big loss to the G1 to not have the Intercontinental Champion in the tournament? I guess it would because you want to set up future challenges for um, King of Pro Wrestling and Power Struggle, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I'm, that's. I mean, I'm not saying you know he's got to be in it to win it. And there's, I'm sure we can go back in history to kind of say uh, there's been plenty of times where champions aren't in it. But it would be a weird thing to me um, to not to not see that. So. Um, just for that reason alone, the set of the challengers and all that stuff. All right, so let's move on to the main event then, uh, which was the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Uh, no time limit, two out of three falls, where we had the challenger, Kenny Omega, defeating Kazuchika Okada. Uh, first fall went to Okada after 28 minutes. The second fall went to Kenny at 19 minutes. And the third fall went to Kenny at 16 minutes. So... Before we get into this, well, as a lead-in for this, you know, I'm a big fan of the Voices of Wrestling website, and I always go there. Ooh. Yeah, it's a little-known place. You probably wouldn't have heard of it, 
bunch of geeks. No, it's excellent stuff, excellent stuff. And before big events, I always read the previews and the predictions they put on there. And so I was reading the previews and predictions they put for this show, this Dominion show, and I'm just going to read this preview for the main event and you can give me your thoughts on it. I'm not going to read it word for word. I I might do a bit of editing, but... um, The unpredictability is key here. I couldn't say with any real confidence who wins or even how long the match goes. It wouldn't surprise me if they're done in less than 40 minutes or if they push 90. Kenny has spoken about how crucial the first fall will be, which must mean he's dropping that one and struggling to come from behind to beat the champ. Uh, Guarantee that the closing stretch will be mind-meltingly awesome. Kota Ibushi will surely be at ringside and the power of love will help propel Kenny to victory. Some have speculated there'll be an Ibushi heel turn, revenge for Kenny costing him victory over AJ Styles' Invasion Attack 2015, but that would seem too cheap and unworthy of the stories that Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi like to tell. That said, we may see some seeds being sown here. I think it's the right time for a new champion, with Okada having broken all the records and seemingly run out of challenges, and a bilingual Omega ready to take the baton and lead New Japan into a new era of global expansion, if Harold May has anything to say about it. Kenny wins, Ibushi wins the G1, and we get the greatest match of all time at Wrestle Kingdom 13. What do you think of that? Wow. I I think that's what we call in the podcasting business a victory lap. (laughs) I think that's what that's called, right? Is that what that was? Oh, maybe. I don't know. It's not for me to say, but it's, just, it's a good website, isn't it? There's some good writers on there. <laughs> they, got, they got some very insightful and very uh, thought-provoking uh, uh, write-ups there. That's for sure. And I, I think, I think I, correct me if I'm wrong, and I could be wrong, but correct me if I'm wrong. That would be that Joel Abraham. Am I, am I, am I oh, wrong? Damon, you're, you're embarrassing me now. I, oh, I, you know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to go and you know big myself up and take a vi- You know, I hate victory laps. So you oh. really think I come on my own podcast and take a victory lap and gloat about how accurate my prediction was? That's that's just not me, Damon. I don't do things like that. There's no ego. Listen, I, I no. I, I, listen, I know it's very low rent and very um, very unlike you. Very very unlike you. Very humble. Um, yeah, you throw um, me under the bus there, haven't you? <laughs> but but I will say this. Uh, yeah, spot on, right? Spot on. And and um, again, we opened this show uh, hours ago, talking about how historic this this match was for for all the sub layers and for all the, the the drama and and for all the waiting and the story of Kenny Omega being you know a guy who. Again, I remember seeing Kenny Omega uh, in, in, on independence, independent shows in New Jersey. I remember when he was on that first um, New Japan tour in the United States, the, the one that hit Philly and Rahway and you know Jersey or not Jersey, but yeah, it was Jersey All Pro that got involved in it and lost their shirts um, <laughs> with it. Um, I uh, you know and Kenny uh, building a career um, in DDT. And you knew he was good, but you just you never knew what that would be, what that would look like. And I don't think anybody would have, you know, sitting here right now in 2018 um, and looking back, I don't think anybody could finger point Kenny Omega and be like, that's your that's your cornerstone. That's that's your that's your franchise right there. Um, So what what an amazing journey. Uh, And again, the, the. the the idea that that um and 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 again it was it was eye opening to me because I I learned a little bit about Kenny Omega in the past week or so 
thanks to Joel and the fine people of of the internet. Um, it's 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 an amazing story and a, and an amazing run and a historic day in in pro wrestling and not just for New Japan Pro Wrestling, which it is because not many people can hold on to that title. Um, it's it's a historic day for pro wrestling in general. And 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 truth be told, I couldn't be prouder to be a pro wrestling fan. I could not be prouder to be a pro wrestling fan this week. Okay, so what about Snowflakes then? I gave it five, and I know, and I know that that it's not, and I know there's other intangibles that go into that, right? So I, it might not be my favorite Kenny Omega, uh, Kenny Omega Okada match. It, it might not be. Truth be told, it probably, it, it, you know, might might be second or third. I think the Dominion, the the original Dominion hour draw, to me, I like that one the most. Um, I, but I went five cause I just, I've, I don't think I've ever felt the, the, the dramatic elements and, and, and the story coming together and the, within a match, right. That, that was, and, and the match was tremendous to boot. Right. I just, I just think it, it, everything kind of came together in a, in a perfect storm. Um, I, you know, it, it would be hard for me to sit. A, a new fan down and say, okay, watch this, you know, hour long match, um, and and have it resonate to them, um, because you had to have followed the story along. But if they could get, a, if they could kind of get a nugget of, oh my god, this is more than just two guys getting in a ring and pretending to beat each other up. There's more elements in that, and I can get behind that. Um, that this is a perfect example of what perfect pro wrestling is to me. Yeah, I've run a little Twitter poll to ask people what their favourite Okada and Mega match was, and it came overwhelmingly in favour of this match. 63% of people went for this one. Uh, 18% said the original Wrestle Kingdom 11 match, 15% with a Dominion time limit draw, and there were only 4% the G1 Climax match last year. But here's the thing, though. I mean, something's got to come in last place in, in that poll, but truth be told, if you sat me down and put on any one of those matches, I'm I'm in for the ride, right? I'm I'm what you know. I think those are some of the best pro wrestling matches that you're going to see. You could you could handpick any one of them. Which one was your favorite? I think that's somewhat subjective. Um, you know, I could easily say Wrestle Kingdom because I was there, and 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 it was probably the greatest match I've ever seen live. Is that your favorite um, match? Your favorite wrestling match? Not my favorite wrestling match, but it's but it's my favorite match I've ever seen live. Yeah, I've said that. Um, What's your favorite? And it wrestling is, and it match? still holds true. My favorite wrestling match. Um, well, I mean that's that's on the short list. Um, I think there's the as silly as it sounds. There's a Liger Naoki Sano match from 1991 um, that I thoroughly enjoy, um, and I, and any time it's on, I love. Um, you know, I. I like matches. I mean, you get there. There's you know Masawa Kawada. I'm sure you could put in that. Um, but I like like for me, matches are great. But some things resonate more to me. Like angles resonate more to me. Like I'm, I was watching old UWF um, and like Eddie Gilbert and Bill Watts and the Russians and all that. That to me that that is pro wrestling. Um, um, angles like um, like uh, Ted DiBiase, 
um, ch- uh, Rick, uh, you know, Rick Flair would tour the country, and and the local promotions would build up guys to challenge Flair when he came to town. So that was the ultimate goal. Um, and Ted DiBiase was next in line, and Dick Murdoch, you know, wasn't too happy with it. So Dick Murdoch beats the shit out of Ted DiBiase, and Ted DiBiase is a heel, and they turn him babyface in this one-hour television program, which was some of the best TV ever. Um, and again, you go back to Flair with like the Von Erichs and that whole story arc. So um, to answer your question in a real shitty way, um, Omega and Okada uh, from Wrestle Kingdom is up there with one of my favorite matches. Naoki Sano, Liger, one of my favorite matches. Um, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, we can probably leave it at that. And, and I'm sure you would throw in there's, – there's the, like Hanson Kobashi matches um, that I love. So – yeah, sorry for the long about answer, but that's my answer. I take your original point. It's difficult to grade these Okada and Mega matches separately because you have to consider each one as part of an overarching story. Um, but this one is clearly my favourite. Obviously, I gave it five stars. Uh, I'll be interested to see what Dave Meltzer comes up with. Um, he said uh, in Wrestling Observer Radio, I'm convinced of this. I believe that I saw the two greatest wrestlers in the world today both have their greatest performance on the same night in the same match, which climaxed a two-year story and ended the greatest championship reign in decades, all at the same time. So we, right. we know Uncle Dave is going big on this one. Like probably what six and a half, maybe higher than that. Maybe he's going seven stars. So to me, it's all uh, well earned. It deserves it. Uh, it was amazing being there live. Like I said, the crowd support for Omega was incredible. Like ninety-nine percent of the crowd were cheering for Kenny, and it it really felt like I was part of something special then. I've been personally, I've been waiting 18 months for this. Like, since I started watching New Japan Pro Wrestling, Kenny's always been my guy. Like, I watched that Wrestle Kingdom 11 match against Okada, and it's it was amazing. I've watched that again and again and again. And each time I watch that, it's like, you know, when you go back and you watch uh, a movie where one of the heroes, you know, makes a mistake or there's some sort of, you know, uh, he does something wrong, and each time you watch it, you know you can't change the outcome of the movie, but there's still a little bit of you that thinks, oh, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And then when they mm-hmm. do it, you're like, oh. So when I watch that Wrestle Kingdom 11 match, there's still a little bit of me that's like, oh, I really want Kenny to win this one because he just made himself into an absolute star, even in defeat. So coming into this match, it, like we said last week, it was a 50-50 outcome. And a lot of the time, your favourites, particularly in wrestling, are not going to get the happy ending that you want. You know, if you're like a, a Tomohiro Ishii fan and you're holding out hope that he's going to one day win the big one, it's probably not going to happen. So, right, but you but you can make a sports analogy to that. You know, if you're you know if you live and and let's just say you root for and again I'm just going to pick a team to to just pick a team. It doesn't mean anything. But let's say you're in uh, um I was going to say Liverpool, but, but uh, how about an Everton, right? Or, or um, Arsenal. We've never won the European Cup. If this is the kind of okay. analogy you're going for, right? I, I'm right. Like, like you don't always win. Like, I can't imagine being a, a fan of a team that always wins. It would be great. I mean, I live in Philadelphia, so I know the feeling of never winning and coming close and and just missing it and having one play dictate and you're just like, what the fuck? And then when you finally win and you finally get that moment, it is oh so sweet. And that's called life. Right, you win some and you lose some, and hopefully you win more than you lose. In in this Kenny Omega thing, you know, in hindsight, it's great that he didn't win the title at at, at the dome. 
It's great that he didn't. Um, it's great that 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 this this thing has built in in the fashion that it has. And you have to give credit because it's very easy to push the button. It's very easy to be impatient. I'm the king of it. I, I I'm the I'm the textbook definition of instant gratification. Gimme, 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 gimme. Now, 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 now. But now. Now that you've waited, and now that the hard work has paid off, and now that the 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 story has de- has developed to what it is right now, it's so much more rewarding, and it's so much richer. and And you have to give credit to the promotion, and to Kenny, and to Okada, and to everyone involved for being patient because in this day and age where it is about instant gratification and taking a selfie in front of my fucking food plate, uh. You you have some you have some patience and it paid off. You having a dig at me there, Damon? <laughs> no, I did, no. I was, I was, did you take it at that? I didn't. No, no, I was taking it. But you know what? But you know what I mean? Like like that 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 you know you know you're at it's like you're sitting there in, in front of the Mona Lisa, and you know you're taking a selfie. You know what I mean? Like, look, at, you're looking at one of the, the the most important and and historic pieces of art. Put down your fucking phone. You know what I mean? Like that that that's the world we live in. I, I sound like Grandpa Damon right now, but the, but the, my point being is is that the 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 patience paid off. The slow burn paid off once again. And and here's the thing: it always does. It always does. Here, here. I, I couldn't have put it better myself. And it's just so gratifying now that my favourite guy has had his moment of glory. He's, he's had his, not a happy ending, but you know, whatever happens, he's not going to hold the title forever. He can look back on this one crowning moment where the planet's all lined up and he had the perfect moment. And again, I mentioned earlier about being a, a UFC fan. I was a big fan of uh, this British fighter, Michael Bisping, who was always the bridesmaid. He, he would get to the... the um, title eliminator matches but he'd end up losing and he'd never get the title shot and then one day uh, the challenger for the middleweight title got sick or injured or something and had to pull out of the match with like one week notice so Bisping came in and it was against the champion a, a guy who had beaten him quite soundly before so no one gave him a hope and hell of winning and he he did it he managed to land a, a left hook knock, knock out Luke Rockhold and of course he didn't hold that title forever he uh, he defended it once I think and then lost the title but no one can ever take that away from him that he was at one point the best in the world he was the best middleweight fighter in the world and it's the same here with Kenny Omega like whatever happens he gets to have his name on that very elite list as we were talking earlier of IWGP heavyweight champions and what I'm worried about now is I may never be invested in a, a pro wrestling story as much as I, I was for this one like I said like as soon as this match was announced I was like I've got to be there there's no way I can't miss this chance I've got to be in that arena when this story pays off if indeed it does pay off and fortunately it did because uh, if a card had won I would probably be singing from a different, very different song sheet tonight but the payoff for this was just absolutely perfect and it didn't have that insane closing stretch that we did at Wrestle Kingdom 11 but it made sense in context because I guess the story here is that Kenny Omega had the better conditioning because he was down the gym he was absolutely ripped Okada had gone fishing and just the the last you know 10-15 minutes that those guys were just absolutely dead on their feet but it, it was amazing it was so compelling and I just Loved all the little touches, like Omega kicking Okada in the back as he took the Rainmaker, which sort of kicked Okada away from him so he couldn't land the pin. And all throughout, 
after he set up that table in the little callback to the Wrestle Kingdom 11 match, I was just looking at that table thinking, that's Chekhov's table. Someone's going to go through that at some point. So even in that closing stretch when the match finally ended, there was a bit of me thinking, oh, he's landed the one-wing danger right in the middle of the ring, but no one's gone through the table yet. So are they going to finish this match without anyone going through the table? So that added a bit of drama to it. Uh, just the little callbacks, like... Um, for the Dominion match last year when uh, Okada went for the Rainmaker and Kenny was so tired that he collapsed and Okada whiffed on the Rainmaker completely but this time it was the other way around so uh, Okada went for the Rainmaker but it was Okada that collapsed with exhaustion so he kind of landed the Rainmaker but he, he was dead on his feet and didn't land all of it and that was a great moment Kenny Omega collapsing into the ropes and avoiding the drop kick late on uh, Omega collapsing when he's trying to lift up Okada for the one wing danger it was just it was so rich there was just such great layers of drama added by having this stipulation going so long and these guys just absolutely knackered from the 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 energy that they'd exerted and just that bit at the end right before the closing stretch where they're just lying they're slumped on the bottom ropes lying next to each other like inexorably entwined forever this this rivalry that's going to go down in wrestling history it was just such a an iconic moment and all the other little callbacks too like teasing the drop the top rope dragon suplex from wrestle kingdom 11 the table as i mentioned earlier going for the styles clash and there was the big aj styles chant going along uh, Ibushi telling him to do the Phoenix Splash. Um, even they did a callback in the second fall to how the first fall ended with the the I don't know what you call it, but that the the flash pinfall that Okada managed to steal. And even I thought, are they going to do this two times in a row? There was also some doubt over the fact that it was best two out of three that people were saying. However, the first fall ends, then uh, the second fall, there's not going to be as much drama to it because you know that the other guy's going to win. But even though Okada won the first fall, it wasn't a given to me that Kenny Omega was definitely going to win the second one. So like I said, for that callback spot to the first fall, part of me thought, oh my God, they're going to do it again. He's going to get two identical pins in the first two falls because that's the kind of thing Gato would do. He, he keeps you guessing. He keeps you on your toes. Um, the double count-out tease, there was... A massive yeah. sense of like people booing. People were just besides themselves that like, they thought, "Oh my god, there's a possibility this amazing match might end with a double countout." And thank God it didn't. But the fact that people bought that it might happen, just every little tease. The, the, Omega and Okada had the crowd on their palm of their hands for this one. It was just incredible stuff. Um, I watched it back on NJPW World. I thought the production, for the most part, was outstanding. Like that shot at the end with the Okada yeah. dollar. We did get a question from Ahmed at Shadow of Math saying, uh, asking for thoughts on the camera work of NJPW as of late. He, oh, great. he says he feels that some major spots are missed due to misplaced camera work or replays. It mm. it did happen yesterday. I did notice that and during yeah. the US show because usually their camera work is top. But as of late, something changed. Is that something you noticed as well? The U.S. show was terrible. Um, the, but, but here's the thing with the U.S. show. They're not using um, – they're not flying in TV crew. I mean, they're using um, union people probably in California to, you know, do camera. Do And so, yeah, they were out of position for everything. The camera was atrocious uh, for that Access TV show. Um, um, I, I don't – I think they're the, one, of the, one of the best – um, like their production team, they know the product so well, and they're usually there. And I think I said it last week that when when they do miss something, it is it is so glaring because you're not used to it. They're usually so on point with that. Um, there was one V trigger where 
it was the, uh, a, a handheld and it's looking into the ring and it's uh, Okada who's draped over the ropes and Omega just fucking launches a V trigger in the back of his head and it looked like he went through your TV. Like he looked like he would just go right through it. And, and like that's one of those moments uh, aside from the one winged angels and you know that one V trigger. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. He killed them. I think that was right um, before the, the third fall as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that will stay in my mind forever. Um, so, no, I mean, it, it, I, I think what the, the problem is, to answer the question, is you know when, when it does happen, and, and it feels like it is rare, it, it's just so glaringly obvious because they, they don't do it that often. Um, they don't miss things. Uh, they, they're really on top of their game when it comes to that. Um, and, and again, taking that U.S. shows out, the Access TV shows out, because it's not the, it's not their crew. They're using local camera people who probably have never watched fucking New Japan Pro Wrestling, let, let alone pro wrestling. Um, so, you know, that, that, that is what it is. You can't that's, – that's a union thing. That's a United States, unfortunately. Oh, you're going to run this building where you're going to use our, our crew kind of bullshit. Yeah, um, I can't really complain. There was one or two things, but overall it, it did not affect my enjoyment of it upon my second viewing. Uh, so obviously Omega is amazing, but we've got to give credit to Okada too for overall what's probably going to become the, the best ever title reign in wrestling history. I'll be surprised if anyone tops this one. But throughout this match, Okada, his facials were outstanding, like his, his grit teeth, the rage, the desperation, like he knew his whole legacy was just clinging on by a thread and he was like a, a dog with a bone he just didn't want to let it go uh, Gado was doing a great job as well like every time Omega managed to reverse and move he, he had his like head in his hands or he was turning away like he couldn't even bring himself to watch the match because he was worried about his boy Okada and I'm just interested to know what happens to Okada now because w what is he without that belt He's defined himself the past two years as being the champion, but now he's not the champion. What's going to be left of him? Because, like, I'm a relatively new New Japan fan. I've only ever known a New Japan Pro Wrestling with Kazuchika Okada as the champion. So it's like a, a whole new era now. So I'm fascinated to see what's next for him. And again, little touches like right at the end as they were leaving the ring. Uh, Ibushi was definitely looking at the belt. I've watched it back. He was either looking at that or Kenny's dick, but I think he was looking at the <laughs> belt. Uh, again, totally plausible. Uh, you know, the little tease where he told Kenny to go for the Phoenix Splash and then he missed the Phoenix Splash. So, you know, is, was he deliberately giving him bad advice there or what? Is that is that going to lead to something? And just, just layers upon layers of stuff. Um, so best match I've ever seen probably the best match I, I ever will see so just a privilege to be there live it lived up to all my expectations um, so we've got a lot of questions from listeners uh, John Emwright is asking was this one of the most emotional moments in sports entertainment and do you like something like yes. that yes and yes yeah absolutely it, it again it, it it checks all the boxes that you look for in great pro wrestling um, it's um, compelling and and it draws you in, and and it takes you for a ride, and 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 the physicality of it, and the sport element of it, and yeah, it's it's absolutely. I said from the jump, I said this will this that match, and to me is historic in in so many different ways and in so many different levels, and um and and here's the thing, it I don't think the story ends here. I I don't think it begins. I think that they will always be intertwined, right? They will always be. You wouldn't have this greatness without these two competitors. I don't think you could 
copy this with anybody else. Two two of these guys at the at their absolute peak of their profession. Um, that 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 has to there that has to, something to do with this. Um, you know, you're not going to get this from you know two people, any random two people. Um, so that makes it even more compelling. So. No, this is this is one of the top moments in pro wrestling history. I, I, I and I've been watching this it just in my history for you know since I was ten, maybe even younger. So um, yeah, I think it's significant. Absolutely. Yeah, it was such a heartwarming moment to see them all reconcile at the end and see Kenny there talking in his you know post match interview that what, how much it means to him to have his friends there, the Young Bucks, and have his lover there, Ibushi, by his side. And you, you don't get moments like that very often in wrestling where. You know, you know it's all scripted and predetermined, but it's the best moments where there's that that edge of realism to it. That you know it's a real moment. How much it means to this guy to be there, and what an achievement it is in his life, and how special it is that he gets to share it with these people that you know are his friends and his lover that have been by his side all this time. So, yeah, it really brings a tear to your eye. It's just just wonderful stuff. Um, I've got another yeah. question here. Um, unless you wanted to add anything to that. Just one thing, um, you know, at, at the end where Red Shoes is handing over the title to Kenny Omega, and Kenny Omega just kind of puts his hands up. He's like, wait, hold on one second. And then there was the hug to Matt, and then Nick comes over. I mean, even before getting the title that he's worked so hard to get, he, you know, he had a pause, and, and he had that moment. Uh, yeah, so I think I think that's I think, I think that's tremendous. I think that's that's you don't get that every day so it's special so yeah very good all right questions so let's wrap it up i know i know you got a wife there that's, that's looking to go out and get some drinks so let's go <laughs> she's about ready to fall asleep so i'm gonna borrow yeah. time oh, here okay. so uh, matthew brown at matboo81 says unreal match and drama any thoughts on the over reliance of v triggers drop kicks dragon suplexes and chops found myself noticing this time around so much repetition nitpicking though phenomenal match phenomenal show uh anything to that now, nah, I loved every minute of it. I love. Uh, listen, I think if I, there's there's nothing that will jump me out of my seat more than a Kenny Omega V trigger. I mean, they're just they're just violent. They are absolutely fucking violent. Um, nah, I love them. I did, I don't think there was anything. That there was that no, no no point during the match was I like ah here's another fucking V trigger. Ah uh, here's another fucking no not me that that ain't me. Yeah, me too. Um. On the topic, One Winged Angel, that's got to be the most protective finisher in pro wrestling because uh, there's only one person who's ever kicked out of it. Do you know who that is? One person who's ever kicked out of the One Winged Angel? Huh. Would it be Ibushi? It would. Obviously, I don't think that was in New Japan, but uh, I think that was back no. in DDT. But yes, only man to ever kicked out of that. Can you th- yeah, look at me with the, the trying, to st- trying to stump the demon? You nailed it, It didn't work for you there, Joe. No. <laughs> I half expected you to get that. You know your stuff. Uh, do you think uh, are there any other wrestling moves that are as protected as that? Oh god, yeah. How about that? How about Fale? How about Fale's bad luck fall? Yeah, that's the only. I don't other give a fuck who's in it. Of. Oh, I mean, there's plenty. I mean, honestly, I mean, a rainmaker. You get you hit you get hit with a, a rainmaker. It may take two, but you get hit with a rainmaker. You ain't kicking out, right? Who who's kicked out of a rainmaker? Oh, loads of people right? are kicked out of rainmakers. I, I'm sure. Not many. Not many. I mean, it doesn't happen often, but but when it does happen, it makes it that much more special. Absolutely. Um, Bad luck fall um, is, is one that just pops in my head. And and again, Fale, you know, he gets hot and cold throughout the year. But no matter what happens, and again, you'll you'll see it in G one. You know, he, so there's there's going to be a big name that's going to get put up in that big that, that that bad luck fall. 
and you're going to be like, oh, fuck, he's going to lose. And lo and behold, one, two, three. And because why? They protect finishes, which I think is the smartest thing you could do. I can't, I can't stand people kicking out of finishers. It drives me nuts, but okay, great. Yeah, totally agree. Um, at Derek Ashman asks, who's your pick to win the G1? Will it be Okada's mm. Redemption or will someone new win? Well, I mean, again, we, you could go Ibushi. You could go Okada. I think, I think to me, it's between those two. Right, I think between between those two is your winner. Um, and a gun to my head right now. And again, this is for the briefcase. I'm going to say Okada. I'm going to say Okada. Yeah, agree. Uh, there was another question here which tied into what my prediction would be. So Tyler Fornes again. There's a lot of good questions this week. In Kenny's promo, he specifically mentioned Tranquilo. And shortly after, Cody came down the ramp, but he went back up. Um, which seems more likely for his first defense. And could any of this be foreshadowing for the G1? So my guess would be that Kenny defends against Cody. But I think during the G1, Naito will get a win over Kenny. And then Naito will challenge Kenny for the belt at King of Pro Wrestling. Beat Kenny. Okada wins the G1, and then at Rest Kingdom 13, we get Okada, Naito again, but this time with Naito as the defending champion rather than the challenger. What say you to that? Mm. So a, a quick a quick turnaround huh, for Kenny Omega. He's, he's, you, you're saying he drops the title? Yeah, I just think in terms of money and getting a big guaranteed house for the Tokyo Dome next year, Okada, Naito is the match to make. If I was booking it, I'd want Omega Ibushi, but... If, if you I had to ask where going. which one is going to sell more tickets, what do you think? I got to be honest. I, I Nothing would doubt me with Kenny Omega right now. Why not? Give it a shot. Um, I mean, you put the fucking title on him. Um, no. I, I I mean, again, it's as crazy it is, it is as it is for me to say, because I was always the guy saying, well, you you got a headline with these guys. These are your top guys, your Tanahashis, your Okadas. And I, I, I think all the rules go out the fucking window, Joel. I think the rules are out the window. I, I go, go for Abushi Omega. Go for Abushi Omega. That's, that's really, because here's the thing. I, I just think it's, I just, I, I'm looking at the landscape as where, where we are right now in 2018. They could do it. They absolutely could do it and, and, and draw a decent house. And here's the thing, too. The product is so popular right now. I mean, not super duper 90s popular, but it's popular that they could that they could they could just they could go for it. Yeah, I think that would be the most exciting option for me. Uh, again, as I mentioned several weeks ago, I'd rather have them do it uh, as rivals rather than enemies. I hope they don't do anything you know cheesy where they end up fighting each other and hating each other. Uh, I think it would be a more powerful story to have them, um, you know, just trying to sort of keep up with each other and um, prove to each other who's the best rather than uh, you know, relationship turning sour. And uh, speaking of relationships right. turning sour, I've got a, a rather <laughs> angry spouse. Um, <laughs> he's uh, demanding that I end this podcast right now. So let's wrap She's it up, sleeping. Damon. Final thoughts before we go home. Well, look, again, I said it before. I'll say it again. What, what an outstanding night of pro wrestling. An outstanding match. Historic. Um, it's rewatchable. I'll watch it again and again. 
Um, I'm, I'm thrilled that you had a great time. I'm thrilled that my, my co-host was there and got to experience it live. Um, safe trip uh, travels home. Uh, be safe. Get, get, have her get some sleep. She's getting a little, a little grouchy. Get, get, get her some sleep and then uh, have a wonderful rest of the trip and be back soon. And we'll be, uh, be back to talk more about this next week. Good. All right. I'm pretty proud of that last segue at the end. So that was off the cuff. So there you go. So uh, while we wrap it up here, big thank you to editor Dan. Uh, he's got a bit of work to do with this one, thanks to the crappy internet at the Apple Hotels. Uh, please visit his YouTube channel, 219 Films. Uh, please subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Lots of really good stuff on there. Give us a five snowflake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, please, at the Super Jcast. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Podcast. There is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today.